Amen. Have a seat. How do we know what love is? I mean, really, in our world that we live in today, how do we know what love is? Where do we see love? How do we experience love? How do we get a definition in our lives that makes sense of what love is? Because we see definitions all around us. We see definitions of love on TV. We turn the TV on, and any show that you turn on, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Survivor. There's a definition of love that's being portrayed somewhere through the season. We see definitions of love at home. Be our mom and dad together. Be our parents and us, our relationship. We see definitions of love at school. With friends, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And the sad reality about it is so many times these definitions of love leave us wanting. Because we feel like there's just got to be more. There's got to be something deeper in this thing called love. And so then, because we're wanting, we go try to find a better definition of love somewhere else. And it may happen differently, it may look differently, but eventually we find ourselves wanting again. And so what do we do? We go try to find another definition of love. Until one day, maybe, we wind up in a place where we just decide there is no love. Or maybe we decide that we are unlovable. That there is nothing lovely inside of us. And you know what? That's really not a bad definition of who we are and where we are. Because you see, the Bible paints this picture of a group of people just like us. Who time and time again, when they had love staring them in the face, turned the other way. The Bible paints this picture, and a lot of this isn't going to be news to any of you tonight. A lot of this you have heard hundreds of times before. But it continues to paint a picture of a people who run away from the very creator of love. We see in the very beginning of the Bible, we see God coming and creating everything that's in existence. We see after he has created the world, we see him digging in the dirt, creating man, breathing life into man, being pumped about man, being excited about man. The Bible says that after everything he creates, God says it is good. And after he creates man, God gets excited and says it is very good. And to us, okay, whatever, it's very good. But what we don't understand is we weren't there when God was creating. And God was creating everything For the purpose of man. So that 
everything would bring glory back to him. And what man did is man, in the early going, looked at God and said, God, thank you, appreciate it, I got a better way. And early on, man decided, yes, you gave me life. Yes, you created life in me. You created me, but you don't know what's best for me. And so we thought we'd take a bite of the fruit. And then just a few years later, God looks down over the entire land, and the Bible says that God was grieved over the fact that he had created mankind. I mean, can you imagine being the God of the universe, the creator of the world, and being grieved over your most prized possession? And God is coming up with this plan, and he's talking amongst himself, as, as I do, and I'm sure a lot of us in here do. We find ourselves in a situation where we just start talking to ourselves. And God is up there talking amongst himself, going, we're just going to destroy them. I mean, we're just, it, it, why did I create them? They, they, are, they are worthless. But the Bible says that one man found favor in the eyes of God. And so God went to Noah and his family and said, build me an ark. And y'all get on it. I'm going to spare your lives. And we're going to start this thing over. And years later, the entire nation of Israel, God's people gets led into captivity. Gets put into captivity. And God calls out Moses to go free them. And this is a story we have visited Hundreds of times just here on Wednesday night. Maybe not hundreds of times, but lots of times here on Wednesday night. And we have seen the audacity of the nation of Israel. We have seen how from the moment they left Egypt, they just constantly kept looking God in the face and spitting on Him. By the power of God, Pharaoh lets them go. And so the entire nation is standing at the Red Sea and they see the sea before them and they see the army of Egypt coming behind them and they all start crying out to Moses, Moses, you let us out of here to die. And Moses is like, no, there's got to be a way. And so Moses prays to God and God says, hold your hands up, hold the staff up in the air and the water will part. And what happened? The water parted. And the entire nation sees it. The entire nation crosses as on dry ground. They get to the other side. The entire army of Egypt gets into the belly of the Red Sea. And God causes the Red Sea to collapse on them and kill them. They saw it. They saw the power of God. And just a few days later, standing on the other side in freedom from their captivity, looked at Moses again and said, Moses, we are dying of hunger. We were better off in Egypt. We were better off being slaves to them. You let us out here to die again. And Moses is like, no. And so they pray to God and God provides food in a phenomenal way. I mean, you think the person next to you spoiled. I mean, every day they woke up and there was food on their doorstep. Except for the Sabbath, because the day before they had twice the amount. And so one day, God calls Moses up to the mountaintop. And God's giving Moses the law, the commandments in which he wants his people to live by. And the people are sitting down there, and Moses is up there, and the people are sitting down here going, uh, you yeah, know, Moses, is, I mean, he's been gone, you know. I mean, gosh. 
It's been a day or two. Oh, he's never coming back. God killed him. He's never coming back. Let's, uh, uh, all the gold, let's collect all the gold. Let's make a golden calf. We will set this golden calf up here and we will worship him because this is what has led us out of captivity. What? And they do it. And God tells Moses on top of the mountain, Moses, I mean, you have got to get back down there. They have gone crazy again. And time after time after time, we see the people of God spitting in God's face. Saying, I can do it better. At least I can touch the golden calf. At least I know what it looks like. I remember how it used to be. And I think that's a safer place than where we might be going. But time and time and time again, we see a relentless God who comes after his people. And so what does that mean for us in here tonight? It means this. And I want to, I'm going to get all up in your business for just a few minutes. Because many of you, if not all of you in this room, come to church fairly regularly. I mean, whether it's Wednesday night, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's, you know, whatever. I mean, you're not strangers to the whole church thing. But have we truly grasped how deep the Father's love is for us? Because uh, let me just be real honest here, and this is where I'm coming from. This past uh, Monday... I had the opportunity to go to Milledgeville and have lunch with some of our college students. And we started a dialogue that God's just been pouring over my heart and I've shared it with a few other people. God has provided us a platform over the last year that I could have never imagined to share his word. He has put things in our path. He has given us opportunities to go into the community, to go into neighboring communities, to go to people who are in need and to provide for them physical needs so that we could share with them the gospel of Christ. And we've seen amazing things happen. As a matter of fact, for those of you that are doing uh, 252 on Sunday nights, let me just tell you this story because this blew my mind this week. And you think, I mean, okay, this is fun. We kind of enjoy this. Or maybe you think, man, 252 is the stupidest thing ever. Why, do we ever. why are we even doing this? I mean, Jason, the Bible studies were so much better. I mean, why in the world are we doing this? This week... Miss Laura gets a phone call from a family who's been visiting our church. And the mom and dad love First Baptist. They just love it. I mean, they, they, ever since the first day they've been here, they've loved it. But they have a little girl. And the little girl hates it. I'm just being honest. That's what they said. Absolutely hates First Baptist. Every time they get in the car to come, just balls crying. And so the mom calls Laura, and she's talking, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever gotten one of these phone calls before, but, you know, the mom is on the other end, and Laura's on the other end, and the mom's like, what happened Sunday? 
And Laura's like, uh, you know, I mean, like, how do I want to go with this? <laughs> you know, um, well, the youth lead it. So first of all, we're going to push this off on the youth. Okay. The youth lead it. It's, it's, you know, it's all their fault. Whatever happened, you know, the, the youth lead it. And well, we, uh, start in small groups and we go to be, no, 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 no. I, I mean, really, I want to know what you did to my child. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't do anything to your child. I'm really sorry. What happened? And this is what the mom said. The minute she got in the car, she said, Mom, we have got to join First Baptist tomorrow. And the mom looked at her and said, what? You hate it. I mean, what happened? And she goes, no, Mom, that was amazing. I love it. I want to go back. We have got to join tomorrow. And I say that to say God has given us huge platforms to share His Word. I mean, to think in two Sundays. I mean, in two Sundays, you get to take over the church. I mean, whatever. It's all you. But have we gained a better understanding of how deep the Father's love is for us? And has that affected our very lives to the point that we don't need a program to get people excited about the gospel? Because you see, there's, y'all like that, it goes on my emotions. Every single one of us in this room has spit in the face of God before. And I could spend, I could take some time up here and I could give it, you know, examples and all that kind of, I don't think I need to though. Because I think, I mean, even you sitting there, I mean, there's no secret. I mean, you can, you're, you can think of the times in your life when you knew you were spitting in the face of God. You knew you were looking at the God who created you, the God that loved you, and you knew you were spitting in His face. But at the end of the day, you also knew that His love had redeemed you and set you free. And that because of that love, there was a place for you set aside. Because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, 8, Christ died on a cross. And so that you knew that just because you spit in the face of God, as wrong and as evil as that was, that it was nailed to the cross, that it was forgiven on that day, and that you were now to stand righteous before Almighty God. And that is the message that God has laid on our hearts as a group to take to the world. To take to the places around us here in Gray, to take to Macon, to take to Columbia, to take to the children. But has that become a message that He has put in our hearts to take to Jones County High School? Or to Gray Station Middle School? Or to the Ninth Grade Academy? Or to our homes? Because there are people 
spitting in the face of God every day. That we know. But there's a difference. Because they've never come to understand the depth of the love of God. And there's not a place for them in heaven. I was uh, listening this week to a church in South Carolina and I heard this song and honestly I was here this was Monday I, everything happened Monday I guess and I was sitting at my computer and, and I mean I just I just started weeping and I don't do that often I'm not really a crybaby but I, I did because the words of this song just blew me away and I've asked Noah if he would play it for us tonight. And what I want you to do right now is I just want you to sit there. The words are going to be up here. And if you want to look up there, that's fine. But I want you to just be with yourself and God right now. And I want, as Noah sings, I want these words to sing over you and in you. And I'll come back in just a minute. As the singer was singing those words, I had the words on the screen like we do here. And when the words popped up, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. That's when it hit me. How many times have I looked to the face of Christ and mocked him? yet he still went to the cross so that I could be free so that I could be free and know the love that he has for me and I say this tonight as huge encouragement to those of us in this room we've done a lot of junk And and I know that. I mean, we have done junk that many of us, if not all of us, would be ashamed to even say out loud. But despite all of that, Christ went to the cross for you. He went to the cross so that we could experience what love is. So that we would not have to want anymore. So that we would not have to go from person to person or thing to thing searching for the definition of love because we have it in the face of Christ. We have it in the blood of Christ on the cross because we, while we were still sinners, He went to the cross. The Bible says there's no greater love than this than he who would give his life for a friend. And so we rejoice in that tonight. We rejoice in that in here tonight that we understand and know that love and have experienced that love. But that's not something that we rejoice in privately and rejoice in sitting here and leaving it here in this building. 
Because there are people that you know right now, because, I mean, as I'm listening to this and as I'm watching this, I mean, names are coming across my mind of people that I know who are mocking the God who has redeemed me. They're not free. They've never experienced love. They are still enchained by sin. And I say that tonight, you know, last year about this time, we did a series called Get Uncomfortable. And that kind of lifted us off to the direction that we've been the last year. And we're still going in that direction. We're still looking for the least of these. And we're still reaching out to the least of these. And we're still going to do that in our community and around our community. But we have got to make it about more than that. We have got to make it about the people in our lives who have never experienced the love of Christ. Because God has given us a platform in their life as well. And so tonight there's a few things laying out there on the table. One, you you know there are some of you in this room who you know the love of Christ. You have experienced, you have experienced being washed clean and being set free. And maybe tonight you just need to rejoice in that because you have forgotten it. And maybe tonight your prayer is, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And maybe that's where you find yourself tonight. Or maybe tonight you are one of those who has been mocking the very face of Christ. And has never experienced the love that He has for you. And so maybe tonight, You want to look up at the cross. And you want to say, Jesus, I have messed up. And I have searched for love in all the wrong places. I think that's a song somewhere. But I want to come find it in the author of love tonight. And maybe there's still some who... Maybe you, like me, have been challenged to get outside of yourself and to quit waiting on some program or event or activity to tell the people you care about the most in your life about the love of Christ. I don't know what it is. But what we're going to do is we're going to stand and we're going to sing this song. Some of you may have heard it. I, I think I might have, but I really don't know. It's been around for a while. But we're going to stand and sing this together with Noah. And maybe tonight you want to come down here. You want to pray. Maybe you want to grab somebody else and come pray with them. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe there's an adult in this room you want to grab and come pray with. Or maybe you just want to rejoice in the fact He went to the cross. And we know, you know tonight that it is finished. 
Whatever it is, now's your time. Let's stand.